Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. It's time for the Victory Formation Sports Show, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Bringing you all things Louisville and everything in between. We've got a Louisville a legend, the greatest player to ever play for the University of Louisville. Mr. Daryl Griffith Sr. Griff, how's it going, sir? Good, man. We got a special guest in the building today. He is Mr. Peyton Siva. Siva, how's it going, sir? I'm good, man. Thank you guys for having me today. We've got two very special guests with me right now. We've got Trenton Flowers and his father, Travis Flowers. How are you doing, gentlemen? Good. I'm doing amazing. With the passion for sports, meets the airwaves. We've got a lot to discuss. Maybe the five coaches in the ACC better than Jeff Brown. That is why you brought in KB. And so when you only win four games, it's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out. Give the show a call at 502-8150-939. Now, here's your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr. Yes, 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 we are here as the sweet sounds of Jay-Z plays on the airwaves. James Black in the studio. Jeff Lightsey Jr. here, right here on 93.9 The Ville. This is the Victory Formation Sports Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for always getting up with us each and every single Saturday morning. Yeah, we're, we're off kilter a little bit, but it's because we have a basketball game today. The Louisville Cardinals men's basketball team plays. But before today's special game, you know, it's been a busy week. In the sports world, I have so much that if you could see my notes, it's just filled with stuff from Nick Saban retiring to Louisville basketball winning a game this week. Chad Johnson is in Louisville watching his daughter play. And we, we got to talk about that, James, why that is important and why we here at 93.9 need to do better. But also, Coach Brahm is still doing his thing on the recruiting trail. Nonetheless, Today at noon, Louisville men's plays NC State. And before we get into that game, we have to talk about what happened in this last game. They were on the road in Coral Gables. They hadn't won a road game since January of 2022. Guys, that is two years ago. And Louisville went down to Coral Gables in a place where Miami had won 25 of their last 26 home games. In Miami, who was a Final Four team last year. In Miami, who had only suffered about two losses, two or three losses on the season before the Cardinals went down and took an 80-71 to 71 victory. Now, let's unpack what took place down in Coral Gables. Mike James, is he a star? Like, is Mike James becoming a star right in front of our eyes? Mike James couldn't miss. Mike James goes five or six from three. I think he started the game four for four from the three-point line in the first half and kept Louisville in the game. Brandon Huntley Hatfield came on late, and the Cardinals pulled away with an 80-71 to 71 win. Now, here's the thing. I know some of you, some of you at home, believe it or not, was disappointed in the fact that Louisville actually won. But see me? I'm a Louisville fan through 
you know, through good and bad, through thick and thin, this is my team. So when they won, whether you like the coach, you don't like them, you like the staff, you don't like them, whatever, anytime there's a Louisville victory, there's a time to celebrate. Now, I know some of you at home are wondering, man, we can't keep winning. We're going to have to keep them. We can't keep winning. We're going to have to keep them. Well, ain't that the point of basketball? Ain't the point is to win? Isn't the point of you suiting up is to go out and win? Now, I know that there has been a lot of buffoonery <laughs> surrounding Louisville men's basketball this season and last season. I know that in 2022-23 season, Louisville only won four games. I know that during the two or one and a half years so far that Kenny Payne has only won a grand total of 10 games. That is not acceptable, guys. I'm going to just be honest with you. That's not acceptable, and we will continue to let you know that that is not acceptable. But, but at the same time, I am always going to celebrate when Louisville wins a game. Ooh, if you heard that, that was my iPad. just decided to explode on me, by the way. Nonetheless, let's talk about what is taking place right now? Louisville is severely injured, right? Trey White hurt, Emmanuel Corfor hurt, and as of right now, Dennis Evans is essentially medically retired, right? He's medically retired. So Louisville is down to only seven scholarship players. Heck, in that game, they started Hersey Miller, who before the game had played a grand total of 18 minutes. It didn't make any sense to you. It didn't make any sense to me. It didn't make any sense to anybody. But somehow, some way, those cardiac cards found a way to win that game against a very talented Miami team. Now, part of it was the fact that Louisville simply couldn't miss. We couldn't miss. The last two games, we have shot over 50% for the entire game. Like I mentioned earlier, Mike James hit five threes. Miami now, Miami, don't get it twisted. They were hitting a lot of shots too. But Miami defensively is one of the worst teams in the ACC. Miami defensively will give you open shots. The problem is Louisville hadn't made open shots going into this game until Pittsburgh. Now, over the last two games, Mike James has averaged around roughly around 25 points per game. Is that sustainable? Is Brandon Huntley Hatfield essentially being a double-double machine, albeit he didn't have a double-double in the Miami game, but he had 22-9, it's dang near a double-double. Is that sustainable? Is, this, is Caleb Glenn going to be able to go out and play hard defense and hustle and get you eight rebounds? Is that sustainable? I think, me, let me tell you why, I think talent-wise, the ability is sustainable. All of those guys have the ability to continue to do what they're doing. All of those guys are talented enough to continue to do what they're doing. All of those guys are capable to continue to do what they're doing. Because you know why I say that? Because that's what we expected coming into this season. Well, let me not say you all, but that's what I expected coming into this season. What they're currently doing, Brandon Huntley Hatfield, that is the five-star guy that was ranked out of high school. Mike James, that was the four-star guy and the guy I expected to see this season. These are the guys we expected to see from game one. Now, have they figured it out in game, what, 15? Because <laughs> they're now 6-9 and nine on the season. That is 15 games. And have they figured it out? So essentially they would have figured it out in game 14. Because Pittsburgh, albeit they lost, you know, we're not going to just commend losing. There's no such thing as moral victories. But they did play okay. They looked like a competent functional basketball team and during this Kenny Payne era that hasn't always been the case 
So is this sustainable? That is going to be interesting because that will determine a lot. All now, I told you guys last week, I believe that Josh Hurd will keep Kenny Payne throughout the throughout the rest of the season. And it looks like, you know, he he's reaping the rewards of his risk by keeping him the rest of the season. You had a decent showing against Pittsburgh, and you would a game nobody expected you to win. You were literally an underdog by 17 points. And they gave, I think Ken Palm gave you a 7% chance of winning. You know, 7 out of 100. And you won. And now today... You play a game against NC State that you could very much well win. Now, we'll get to the NC State game later. But this is what we expected to see from Louisville basketball. What we saw against Miami is what we expected to see the duration of the season. How long can you keep it up? Throughout this week, the AP, you know, the AP that releases the AP Top 25, the polling, they released their all-time rankings list, meaning the schools who have been ranked the highest, the longest throughout the duration, the creation of the AP poll since the 1970s. Obviously, UK was number one. <laughs> this is men's basketball, by the way. I'm talking about men's basketball. Obviously, UK was number one. <laughs> Stinker. <laughs> Nobody cares. But guess who came in at number six? That was Louisville. Louisville men's basketball came in at number six on the all-time poll for the AP. What does that tell you? That's not, and that is including the last, you can say, if you want to, if you're one of those people that want to say, we've just been dysfunctional for the last seven years, then go for it. Seven, eight years. Go for it. Okay. Throw in the eight years of dysfunction. Louisville still came in number six in the all-time AP poll. So what does that mean? This is a top 10 job in the country. This is a great place to work with a rabbit fan base, an amazing arena, and a place that is looking for someone. I'm not saying you have to come in here and be Jesus Christ. No. I'm not saying that you have to be the savior of the Louisville program. No. But I do need someone who understands the magnitude of the job and that is able to get the job done. There is a standard. The standard is the standard. When I seen that AP poll, when I seen that AP all-time poll that had Louisville coming in at number six all-time, I tweeted out, I said, this is the standard and we will rise again. This is the standard and this is where we expect our team to be at each and every single year. Point blank, period. There's no, there's, there's no debate. This is Louisville basketball. And so seeing the win against Miami was refreshing. It was nice. It was good. But it's expected. It's not expected necessarily with this team. But when you're a Louisville basketball fan, you expect to go on the road and beat Miami. You expect to be at home and beat NC State. You expect to be playing for conference championships, Sweet 16s, Elite 8s, Final 4s, and National Championships. And so my standard, once again, has not changed. I told you guys in year two before the season, I expected 20 uh, win season. I told you guys in year two, I don't care what happened in year one. I expect Louisville standards in year two. It didn't matter who was the coach. And so if you're not living up to those expectations, we have to move on. Now, um, this is not a move on type of segment today. We've got plenty to talk about besides moving on. I just want to bask in the glory that we did meet Miami. It hurts the UK win against Miami. <laughs> that's even, that makes that's what makes it even sweeter, right? Miami is a good basketball team. Let's not let's not get it twisted. They won 12 games going into the Louisville game. They're a good basketball team. 
But UK beat Miami by 20, and they were top 10 in the country at the time. And it was kind of like, dang, that was impressive. But then Louisville, and that was in Rupp, if I'm not mistaken. That game was in Rupp. Louisville beats Miami at home, at Miami, at their crib by nine points. And now it's kind of like, mm, how good is Miami? <laughs> mm. Because I told you guys last week, Louisville is a miss-the-tournament type of loss. Louisville, as it's currently fit, is a miss-the-tournament type of loss. Now, Miami already has 12 wins on the season, so I don't think they're going to miss the tournament, but they're not ranked, and it just hurt their seeding. You know, they're fighting for seeding. They're trying to be a top eight, a top five, a top six seed in the NCAA tournament. They just took a loss to what is considered a very, very, very bad Louisville team. A Louisville team that's net rankings in the 200s. You can't lose to Louisville if you want to make the tournament if you're a bubble team. You can't lose to Louisville if you want to continue to raise up the rankings. So that hurts Miami. Nonetheless, it is good for Coach Kenny Payne. It is good for his program. It is good for the morale. It was really just good to see guys happy. I saw the guys on the bench during the game celebrating, jumping up and down, getting turned. I saw the guys giving Kenny Payne essentially a Gatorade bath in the locker room. I saw camaraderie. I saw love. I saw fun. I saw joy. I saw things I haven't seen in this team in a while. I saw things I haven't seen in this program in a while. It was awesome to see. Even, no matter how this thing ends, no matter how it ends for Kenny, no matter how it ends for the players, no matter how the season ends, it was just good to see a guy, guys with Louisville across their chest celebrating at the end of a game with a win and celebrating doing things that they pretty much haven't been able to do all year in that locker room. Celebrating, having fun. Tossing Gatorade, dancing, listening to music, joyful. Just a good time. It, it brought good vibes. It was awesome, awesome, awesome to see. And so I'm never, ever going to complain about that. Unlike some of, some of you guys who aren't too happy. Because I know I've been listening to the conversation about what happens if he gets to 14, 15 wins, right? You have to bring him back for year three. Well, I'll get to that when we get there. Because I'm never going to root against my team to lose. I'm never going to root for my team to lose. Like, that's just something I don't have that in me. I don't have it in me to root for Kenny Payne to lose. To root for Louisville to Because if Kenny Payne loses, that means Louisville loses. And if Louisville loses, that makes me sick. <laughs> I don't care how much losing we did last year. I don't care how much losing we've done over the course of the last few years i don't like it when louisville loses period period so therefore i know some of you all are rooting for him to lose i know some of you all are rooting for us to lose i know that is what is taking place in households across the city of louisville across the state of kentucky across the louisville fan base i am not one of those people i will never be one of those people and i will never be mad because we won a game ever I will never, I repeat, I will never be mad because we won a game. So shout out to Louisville. They play NC State today at 12. We are going to talk about that more later in the show. But shout out to the Cards for getting the dub. Now, over to the gridiron. As we know, there's a lot happening in college football. But there's so much that has happened for Louisville. Before we get to like Nick Saban, Caleb DeBoer going to Alabama, Nick Saban retiring, who's going to take the Washington job? My Raiders, as I wear my Raiders cap today, looks like we're going to hire AP. Look like we're finally going to make a, right, a good decision in 20 years. But that's none of the point. We're here to talk about Louisville football. 
And the cards got a the biggest, biggest five-star you could ever get. Better than any five-star that they could acquire uh, in the high school ranks via the transfer portal right now, whatever. And that was the announcement that Quincy Riley, star cornerback, is coming back. Quincy Riley, our, one of our best defensive players, is coming back. So now that means both Ashton Gelati and Quincy Riley, our two best defenders off a team that just won 10 games, are both staying in the veil. They are delaying and deferring their NFL dreams. They are delaying and deferring making a ton of money at the next level. They are delaying and deferring all the fame and glory of being a professional football player to run it back. To run it back, Coach Brom, to run it back with this team, to run it back in the city of Louisville in efforts to bring you all an ACC championship, in efforts to bring us to the college football playoff, playoff, in efforts to host the college football playoff game. This is amazing. The announcement of Quincy Riley had me over the moon because I heard the rumblings. I saw that it was potential. I just thought Quincy was gone. I'm going to be honest with y'all. I just knew Q Riley was gone. I knew he was leaving, like in my brain. It's not that I talked to him or anybody. I just knew in my brain he was leaving. Why? Why would he come back when he has a senior bowl invite? To me, when you get a Reese's senior bowl invite, to me, I thought that was all indications that you were up out of here. I thought with the tape, the game tape he was able to put out, a Reese's senior bowl day invite, and what he would be able to do in those workouts, he'd be out of here. He would be out of here. Boy, oh boy, was I wrong, and I was happy to be wrong. Because Q Riley now, with the additions of Q Riley coming back, Ashton Gelati coming back, the players that you have acquired, like, you know, this week, you went out and got two safeties from the University of Tennessee and Tamara McDonald. Make sure I say the guy's names right. Tamara McDonald and Wesley Walker. It looks like you're going to add another tight end to the tight end room. From the University of Miami, he hasn't announced it just yet, but Brady dropped another Brom bomb. Brady Brom dropped another bomb and let us know we're getting another player. Pete Nankos, who's like the expert at Transfer Portal, knows where all the kids are going, said he put in a crystal ball for tight end Jaleel Skinner, who has three years of eligibility left to end up at University of Louisville. Six foot, six foot three, six foot four, 215 pounds. Coach Brom is pushing all his chips to the front. He's going all in. He's going all in. He this the moves that Coach Brom has made lets me know he is not settling for whatever you thought he may be settling for. He's not settling for those eight wins. I keep hearing people say, "Oh, you can you you can have eight wins and have a better season than the year before. You got you can have eight nine wins and have a better team than you had the year before." In what world does that make sense? Please. Please explain to me how I'm supposed to feel better about my team if you're telling me because the schedule is gotten better. And they only win eight or nine games, and they're coming off a 10-4 and four season. What In what world am I supposed to feel better about that? Because, y'all, like, here's the thing. I've been listening because I listen to the people that are on these airways. These are my colleagues. I listen to them. I, I support them. They, they do a great job. But sometimes I just don't agree. I've heard people on these here airwaves say we could have a better team in 2024 and lose more games and not have as many wins. Okay. In what world does that make that a better team? Please explain to me. Please explain to me that you have a better team. 8150-939 is the call-in number. 3831-939 is the text-in line. Please explain to me. Do you think that makes sense?
Does it make sense that Louisville could finish the 24 season with eight wins, with nine wins, and have a better team than the 23 season? Because to me, no. To, to me, it doesn't make sense. And, and you know who else it doesn't make sense to to do that? Jeff Brown. It, it clearly doesn't make sense to him because he ain't trying to win eight games. He ain't trying to win nine games. Hell, he's not even trying to win 10 games. If he plays 14 games next year, just like he played 14 games this year, he wants to win 14 freaking games. And he is showing you that by the way he is constructing this roster. He is showing you that by the aggressiveness he is taking in the transfer portal. He is showing you that by locking up every single high school recruit he had committed. He is showing you that that he is not satisfied with how the 2023 season ended. He's not satisfied by it. He's not happy with the way it ended. Can you not tell by the moves that he's making? Can you not tell? Jeff Brom was visited. Jody Dimlin put it out. Let me make sure I read this. Make sure I read this correctly. Because this lets this is this is why this program is going to go to heights it's never seen before. Jody Dimling tweeted this out yesterday. He said Jeff Brom and six of his assistants made it to 20, counted up, 2-0, 20 different schools in the city of Louisville today. This was yesterday. The first day, recruiting is open again. Brom himself made it to Mail Central. Mail has Isaac Salles Jr. If you're not a recruiting person, let me put you on game a little bit. Mail has probably the best player in the state in the class of 2025, Isaac Salles Jr. He has Power 5 offers from all across the country. He's an offensive lineman. He plays left tackle at Mayo. At the college level, he'll play center guard somewhere around there. Mayo, Central, who has uh, Stone. I forgot his first name. His The running back, Stone, who had like 2,000 yards his sophomore year of high school and then went off again last year. Stone at Central, Trinity, St. X, Trinity, you know, defending state champions, St. X Christian Academy, and is now at the LIT in Valley. Coach Brahm and his staff went to 20 high schools in Louisville. 20. And then still, him, his, he himself made it to what? One, two, three, four, five? Five of them. The head coach made appearances at five high schools across the city of Louisville. And still found time to end up at the LIT. <laughs> still found time to end up at Valley High School for the LIT. They're not settling, guys. This coaching staff with this 12-team playoff and what they just saw teams like TCU do two years ago, Washington do, or last year, Washington do this year, they understand that the chance to do something special here is right there for the taking, and there's nothing that is hindering you from that. There's nothing that is hindering you from that. Nick Saban just retired. <laughs> it's not to say he's the only one winning. I mean, Kirby Smart's still around. Brian Kelly's in the SEC still there. I'm not going to act like the SEC and the Big Ten aren't still there, guys. Don't kill me. Don't kill me. But Jim Harbaugh looks like he possibly is on his way out. They're reporting that he's going to go uh, meet with the uh, Chargers this week or next week. Nick Saban just retired. I feel like college football is the most open it's ever been because of NIL and transfer report, and we got a damn good NIL system with the 502 circle working. Coach Brown understands, and you know who also understands that? Coach Brown. You know where Coach Brown coached before he got here? That was at Purdue. Purdue used to see Michigan, Ohio State, 
Michigan State, Penn State, all of those schools every single year. He understands what it takes to build a team. He knows what a Michigan team that can win a national championship or that just won the national championship looks like. He knows what an Ohio State team that was this close from playing in the national championship game last year with C.J. Stroud. He understands what those players look like. He understands the attributes, the traits, the type of team you have to build if you want to compete with the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Alabamas, the Georgias. And he's doing each and every single thing the Florida State, each and every single thing in his God-given ability to do it. And that is why this program will reach heights it's never reached before. <laughs> that is why this program will reach heights it's never reached before. And let's not mention, let's not forget that the ACC, I talk about the college football as a, as a whole, is wide open. It is. It's very much wide open. If you end up losing Jim Harbaugh and Nick Saban, that's not to say I think very, very highly of Kalen DeBoer and what he was able to do at Washington as the OC at Indiana, and I think he'll do some great things at Alabama, like probably win a couple of national championships throughout his duration there. I just think he's that good. I think he's a really, really good coach. But that doesn't mean that this is, thing still isn't wide open. I said during his duration. I'm not saying when two, three, four, five national championships over six, seven, eight-year window like Nick Saban. It's just impossible. What Nick Saban was able to do, I don't think will ever be repeated. What Kirby Smart is currently doing is awesome. What Dabo, you see Dabo? We thought Dabo was going to be the next Saban. And it looks like he's fell off a cliff. And I'm, and I'm using Dabo because I'm using the ACC as a whole. Jeff Brom is pushing all his chips to the front to win the ACC this year. And if our quarterback play is better, if our quarterback, Tyler Shuck, is able to stay healthy, if our quarterback play, whether it's Shuck, Brady Allen, Pierce Clarkson, Harrison Bailey, whoever, uh, Deuce Adams, whoever, if our quarterback play takes two steps, it's going to have to take two steps up. It can't just take a step up. It's going to have to take two steps up from what we saw. We're going to have to look more like the Jeff Brom offense that has carried him throughout his career. But if that is able to take place with those defenders, Quincy Riley, Ashton Gelati, the uh, coming back, the two safeties from uh, Tennessee, Ben Perry already announced he's coming back. The guys, Antonio Watts, Ben Perry, Mason Riger, Desmond Till. I'm, I'm listing off the roster because I'm getting excited. If those guys are able to live up to their potential, if we get the adequate quarterback play, what's stopping this team from winning the ACC? What's stopping this team from being one of the best teams in the country. What? And you, you just tell me. 38-31-939 is the call-in number. 8150-939. Because I don't see what is stopping it. I don't. I don't. I personally don't. Because think about the ACC. Miami. Miami is talented. Miami may have the most talent pound for pound, just, you know, star rankings, high school rankings, vicinity recruits, you know, just Miami talent on a per capita basis. <laughs> the Miami roster may have the most talent in the ACC. But do you believe in Mario Cristobal? Has Mario Cristobal done anything for you to believe that he's going to get that role? Has Miami in the last, I don't know, 15 years, almost two decades, done anything? Maybe two decades. Yeah, we can just go ahead and say two decades. Done anything to make you believe that they're going to be a contender? Like at the highest of highs? In the ACC? I don't know. I, I, nothing that I've seen. Nothing I've seen from that team, from that program, or from that coach. You know, because he was at Oregon, too, and never really reached the pinnacles he was supposed to reach with guys like Justin Herbert and, and Kayvon Thibodeau and et cetera, et cetera. So, no, there's nothing there. I've seen Dan Lanning take that same Oregon program and, and look a whole lot better than what 
Cristobal did, and Dan Lanning, you know, staying at Oregon is doing his thing, and he's probably going to be one of the best teams in the Big Ten next year. Something I don't believe Cristobal would have been if he was still at Oregon. So now, so Miami, ugh, getting him out the paint. Who's left? Clemson. Do, do you believe in this iteration of Clemson? Do you believe in this version of Clemson that doesn't believe in NIL and doesn't use the transfer portal and doesn't even recruit the high school rankings like they used to? They don't have an all-world generational talent at quarterback? Cape Klubnick is not Deshaun Watson. Cape Klubnick is not Trevor Lawrence. Hell, Cape Klubnick is not uh, <laughs> who is the uh, Taj Boyd. Cape Klubnick ain't even Taj Boyd. And Taj Boyd was a dang good college quarterback. Cape Klubnick might not even be Kelly Bryant. <laughs> I'm listing down a lot of Clemson quarterbacks, but he might not even be that. Shout out to Kelly Bryant. He's 06. He's an alpha. But I don't believe in Clemson not using a portal. I don't believe in Clemson not being able, if they're not going to use the NIL system. I don't believe in Clemson when they get mad at high school recruits. They don't allow their commits to take other visits. I don't believe in that version of Clemson who doesn't have a generational quarterback. Kate Klepnik, not even DJU. <laughs> I just mean, we just being honest. If we just being honest, they ran DJU up out of there for Kate Klubnik. And Kate Klubnik is garbage. Uh, let me not, uh, I hate doing that to college kids. Let me not say that. But he ain't very good. He's not very good. And so then that leaves Florida State. Now, Florida State, Mike Norvell. I actually like Mike Norvell. I know a lot of people around here don't care for Florida State. I know they actually despise Florida State. Maybe the ACC very much hates Florida State. But I think Mike Norvell is a good coach. I think Mike Norvell and all their agents finessed Alabama to get all of them extensions, by the way. And I'm going to talk about that later in the show. But Mike Norvell can coach. Mike Norvell built up a really good Memphis program. Mike Norvell has built up a really good Florida State program. The problem, though, with Florida State, at least in 2024, is that we're talking about Louisville and their portal acquisitions. Florida State's whole team is from the portal. Like, Florida State still recruits high school very, very well. Let's not get it twisted. But essentially, their entire team, the main contributors, will be coming from the portal. They pretty much lost most, if not all, of their contributors from last year. Their two top receivers, top edge rusher, top linebacker, quarterback. All those guys have gone off to the NFL. Jared Verse, uh, Johnny Wilson, Keon Coleman, Jordan Travis. All those guys are gone. And it's not to say they didn't bring in some really good players to replace them. DJU, talked about him earlier. Jalen Lucas, who a lot of people here at Louisville wanted. Uh, they, they brought in a ton of portal guys. Can't name them all, but they brought in a bunch of portal guys. But you're hoping that they're able to mesh that all together. After, you know, kind of getting, you know, if you feel like they were screwed in the college football playoffs or whatever, they're going to have to kind of rebound, piece that all together and say, hey, there's a 12-team playoff. They, won't, they can't leave us out this year if we do what we're supposed to do. But with better quarterback play, mano y mano, you know, we're, we're not in different weight classes. Because when we went into the ACC championship game, let's just be honest, we were in different weight classes. <laughs> like, we were in different weight classes with Florida State. Even with their backups, backup quarterback, we <laughs> it's not, I'm not trying to kill the man. But we got to call a spade a spade. I mean, Jack Plummer was just, he, he, he just, he was garbage. He was garbage in the game. Let me just call it what it was. He wasn't very good. And so I think we could have swapped quarterbacks and we would have had a better chance with Duffy than we had with Jack. And that's just and that's just is what it is. But this year, I think instead of them being a heavyweight and us being a featherweight, now nah, I think we both going to be heavyweights. 
See, I think, see, that's the thing. I think Tyler Shuck, if healthy, we got to always preface everything by saying if healthy because we just, I mean, the man ain't been healthy. But if healthy, Tyler Shuck will be a ball player for us. If healthy, if healthy or, shoot, if one of these other guys can emerge, if Brady Allen can emerge, if Pierce Clarkson can emerge, if these other dudes can do the things that they're supposed to do, then we'll be just okay. We got to take a break. After the break, we're going to talk more about some of the guys that are coming into Louisville football. Sebastian Tailfair was talking about Rick Pitino and his possible time at Louisville. Also, Chad Ochocinco Johnson was in Louisville. But why? You're going to hear it more right here on the Victor Formation Sports Show on 93.9 The Ville. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. It's time to replace your heating and air system. We know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Listening to the Victory Formation Sports Show right here on 93.9 The Ville. Give the show a call at 502 8150 93.9. Now, here's your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr. Yes, 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 we are back. We are back with the Victory Formation Sports Show. Yes, the Victory Formation. That is us. See, see, I, I know we, we gotta we gotta clear the airwaves a little bit because there's been a little kerfuffle happening on social media. We gotta let everybody know that we are no longer 35KY Sports. That is a separate entity. That has nothing to do with me. I have nothing to I have no say so what's happening on those social media platforms. James doesn't have any say so over what's happening on those social media platforms. That is a totally separate thing. That is their own thing. They, they you know, that they're doing their thing over there. Because I see, I get messages when some kerfuffle and, and posts are being made and people are being called out. And it has nothing to do with me. <laughs> I just want to put that out there on the record. I am not 35KY. They are their own thing. This is victory formation. This is this is something new. This is something creative. And we have major, major plans coming soon. But 35KY, you know, that's them. We are us. This, this is, they're totally separate, right? Like, like totally separate. Not, not the same. Not one the same. Not nothing. So just put that out there. 8150-939 is the call-in number. 3831-939 is the text line. Now, we know that a legend has retired, right? We know that Nick Saban this week has decided to hang him up. He has decided he has done with college football. He no longer wants to be the head coach at Alabama, and his reasoning was very good. His reasoning for wanting to stop makes a lot of sense. I mean, besides the fact that he's 72 years old, Let's let's be honest, guys. Nick Saban is 72 years old, owns multiple Mercedes-Benz dealerships, owns multiple Lamborghini dealerships. Nick Saban is a very old and rich and wealthy man living in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where things are not that expensive. 
And as when seven, count them up, one, two, three, four, five, seven. He's like, you know, when LeBron was doing not the four, not the five, not six. Yeah, Nick Saban really did that. <laughs> so he has nothing to prove for the college football world. He has nothing to prove with the changing college landscape, right? You're bringing in a 12-team playoff. You're, you've got to deal with NIL. You've got to deal with transfer portal. Not only do you have to recruit high school, you have to recruit transfer portal, and you have to recruit your own roster. That's just, That is just how college football is ran and operated with no guidelines, with really no parameters. This week, the NCAA decided they wanted to punish Florida State for NIL, and nobody can tell you why. <laughs> like, because nobody knows the NIL rules. So how is it that an ACC team, Florida State, I mean, we ain't, we ain't going to cry for Florida State ever on this show, but nonetheless, how is it that a team can get punished for NIL when other teams can spend, when high school players can make hundreds of thousands, if not a million dollars? So none of it makes sense. And that's what Nick Saban basically said. He was like, man, I'm old. I can't do this like I used to. And oh, yeah, by the way, all this NIL and transfer portal stuff, it didn't it didn't hurt. You know, it didn't help me want to stay. It didn't make me want to stay. <laughs> that's not to say it's running me out the game. Now I've seen a goofy little tweet put out by Reggie Bush. And Reggie Bush is one of my all-time favorite players. But what he said was just so stupid. I mean, Reggie Bush, stop it. Reggie Bush said he's running from the grind. He basically made it seem like NIL and Transfer Portal ran Nick Saban out of the sport. Nick Saban has seven championships and won one in 2020 during the NIL and Transfer Portal era. Reggie, stop it. Well, maybe not the NIL era, but the Transfer Portal era. Reggie, stop it. Stop it, Reggie. Saban has more championships than your university, which is a prestigious university, has all time. At least the ones that are relevant. There's more than Pete Carroll and Kirby Smart and a lot of these dudes combined. He's just old. <laughs> He's just old. And that's okay. That is okay because if you haven't noticed, a lot of the old guys in college sports, whether it's college basketball, college football, wherever, they're, they, they're like, you know, we're seeing this changing landscape. We're seeing things happen. We can't do it like we used to. As far as stack players on top of each other and get guys to stay multiple years and, you know, they, uh, nah, guys have to sit out when they transfer. Uh, I think I'm good. I'm Roy Williams in college basketball. I'm good. I'm Coach K in college basketball. I'm good. Syracuse said uh, Jim Beheim at Syracuse, you're good. They pushed him up out the door. A lot of old guys are dropping. Out of the sport, by the way. Not, not just dropping dead, dropping out of the sport. A lot of guys are dropping out of sport. But there's one old guy that's keeping it kicking. <laughs> He's up there in what? Queens, New York? Name's Rick Patino. I, I don't know how he skipped it. He's the only old fart that decides he wants to kill, still keep it going. Now, before he was an old fart, he was a young fart here at, here at Louisville. He's making things happen. And I remember when I was, ooh, I was a little bit kid. There was a guy that he recruited that he thought was going to be the most talented point guard that he would have ever he would have ever coached and that was Sebastian Telfair now Sebastian Telfair we we know he's had his fair share of struggles <laughs> but he did play 10 years in the NBA and he had something very very interesting to say about choosing not to go to Louisville so uh, Sebastian Telfair let me cue this up he was on the is what it is one of my favorite podcasts with Cameron and Mace and he was talking about his struggles and things that he dealt with throughout his adult life and Mace asked him do you think anything would have changed if you would have went to Louisville instead of jumping straight to the NBA out of high school, and here's how it went down. Yo, guys, 
Do you think do you think your career would have went different if you'd have went to Louisville instead? I I don't know if I would have got a chance to play in the league if I went to Louisville. I don't know. I I don't know. I think I made the best decision if you ask me. Because even with the BS, yeah. I still played 10 years. If like I go to Louisville and put it in somebody else's hands, and he already knew that they had that money on the table for me, and the first time I get into a fight like I did my rookie year in, with the Portland Trailblazers, if I would have did the same thing my rookie year there that I did on, on his campus, knowing of, you know you, you know how they are, bro. Don't not act crazy. Yeah. They know, yeah, you like, gotta get the money while you can get it. I get it. Yeah, he and, like, and, I see, and yeah. Not, and not only he, that. He just snatched it for the game to me. The thing is, tell her he lying. <laughs> he is absolutely right. Because think about this. And we all love Rick, but the thing is, we, we do have to stop romanticizing. We don't have to stop romanticizing the past, but we, we can't make it what it wasn't, right? Like, we can't, like, we can't look through these rose-colored goggles and not remember how things were, actually. Like, when Telfair was coming, what he's saying is true. Because it play, he's not the only person that felt like that. You know who also felt like that? Rajon Rondo. You know who also felt like that? D'Angelo Russell. You know, like, so he's, he's not the only one. He is not lying. If Telfair, who was a hothead, we've come to find out was a hothead, come to find out might not have been the brightest, made a lot of poor decisions. He's a young man with a whole lot of money. Made a lot of poor decisions, walking around with guns and, you know, trying to fight people. And, you know, just, just had this chip on his shoulder. He got caught in this fraud stuff with the insurance stuff that just sent Terrence Williams away for 10 years. He's kind of in the mix with a lot of bad stuff, right? Like, he's not all good. Can you imagine that with Rick? You guys are matched out Rick Pitino? Like, like we saw that with Rick Pitino. It's called Shane Bahannon. <laughs> you get kicked out of school. We saw that with Rick Pitino. It's called Derek Character. You know, you get kicked out of school. We saw these things play out. These, these character prototypes play out with Rick Pitino. They didn't play out well. And they didn't make it to the NBA. I mean, it's just, it, it's, he's right. Telfair, what, what, you, what wasn't played in that clip, said that he was making money from shoe companies in high school. You know who wouldn't have played that? Who wouldn't have cared about how much money you were making from the shoe companies coming into his program? It's Rick Pitino. You know, other coaches might have been like, oh, yeah, you know, you're getting X amount of million. He said he was making millions from these shoe companies. You come in making more than Rick? <laughs> and you think Rick don't care about that? I'm telling you he's not. And y'all know he wasn't. Plus, Rick didn't really play freshman guards. Fre true freshman starters. That didn't really happen with Rick. That's why D'Angelo Russell said he didn't come. Rondo said he didn't come because he talked to Larry O'Bannon and heard that Rick was harder on guys from the city of Louisville. Telfer's a New York kid. Now, Rick loved his New York guards. Edgar Sosa, Russ Smith. Had a bunch of New York City cats that, that thrived under Rick. But when did they thrive? They didn't thrive after his freshman year. After the, <laughs> Russ Smith said if there was a transfer portal, he probably would have left. He wanted to transfer. Edgar Sosa played a lot as a freshman, but he wasn't the guy. Telfair had a documentary in high school. <laughs> like, like he was gonna, he was a star coming into Louisville. That's why people are still hurt that he didn't come. Because he literally had not just a documentary, because a lot of people have documentaries and especially, but think about it. This is 2000 and what, five, 2006? 
The man had a docu, or 2004, 2005, around that time, this man had a documentary. Now, everybody got cameras now. Ball is Life started the trend, and then Hoop Mixtape, and now everybody and their mama got cameras. I mean, we, we got cameras everywhere. I mean, we uh, we got cameras here at 93.9. I, I put out, con- everybody's doing content. Sebastian Telfair did content before it was the content creation, before it was even a thing. He came into Louisville, not just with a documentary, but one of the most well-known, most watched documentaries in the world, <laughs> in the sports world anyway, through the fire. Coming out of Coney Island, playing at Brooklyn, at Lincoln High School in Brooklyn, New York. So yeah, he wouldn't have got the bag. <laughs> he, he's right. He is absolutely, positively right that that wouldn't have happened if he would have came here and played for Rick. It's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all. But it is the truth. I know we love to romanticize the past, but we got to keep it real about what was actually taking place during Rick Patino's time here at Louisville. So, I mean, that man said he was getting millions in high school from the shoe companies. Let me read some of your texts. Don't forget, you can text in here. 3831 uh, 9339. 3831 9339 is a text in line. It says, Texter, it says, sounded like he meant the pros wouldn't have happened. If he didn't come here and he had a fight problem. Yeah, no, that's just what I'm getting at. He wouldn't have got the bag from the shoe companies because he wouldn't have got the NBA bag because he wouldn't have been able to be Sebastian Telfair in a Rick Pitino type offense. He wouldn't have been able to be. I mean, if you remember Sebastian Telfair, he was a shoot miniature shoot first point guard, point guard, quote unquote. But he was a shoot first guy. But he was he was very, very. You know, he had a lot of a lot of testosterone coming through that little bitty body. <laughs> like he was a he was a big, uh, you know, aggressive, angry type dude. And I don't know if that would have been like oil and water. I don't know because Rick is very uh, Sebastian Tevin is very much alpha. Like I'm the alpha even at 16 years old. I am the alpha at 17 years old. But in Louisville, Rick Patino was the alpha. That's not to say we didn't have dogs and miniature point guards that like to shoot and got buckets, but they didn't get those buckets to their juniors and senior years. They didn't get a lot of those buckets as true freshmen. See, Sebastian Telfer wanted to be the true freshman bucket getter and then bounce to the NBA after one year. See, Sebastian Telfer wanted to be the star, the, the king of the city before NIL. He said he was the original NIL. And I don't disbelieve him. Man had a documentary. At the same time, in college, the coach is the star. Now, you have some star players. You haven't seen John Wall was a star at Kentucky. You know, J.J. Redick was a star at Duke. Like, they're star players, but they're stars because their coach allows them to be stars. And they grow into stars, for the most part, except for all the guys in the U.K. They grow into stars. See, at that time, Rick Pitino, eh, he didn't play like that. Rick Pitino, he was the star. He owned the press conference. And he allowed the players to speak. And he ran his program with a tight ship. I mean, we we played the Donovan Mitchell sound. He said he played so well at Louisville because he was scared. He was scared of his coach. It's a texter. It says, but Jeff, if Telfair would have showed up, we wouldn't have gotten Andre McGee. <laughs> and we would still have Rick. Oh, man. If he would have showed up. Oh, okay. I, I don't, I'm too young to actually remember the recruiting classes and who came and what. But uh, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. I want to leave that one alone. <laughs> <laughs> but if Telfair would have came, it would have, I mean, it would have been interesting 
if Telfair would have came because I want to say he would have been a part of the class, the 04 class that helped us reach the 05 Final Four. Would we still have been as good if Sebastian Telfair was on that team? Would we still have reached the Final Four? Because the 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 arrangement of the team, there would have been some drama. Let's let's put, let's put it out there. Sebastian Telfair was going to bring some drama. I mean, he, he talked about it. He, his rookie year got a fight at the Portland Trailblazers. He got in a fight. And he was making millions in the NBA. You don't think he would have, you know, ruffled some feathers, whether it was with a coach, Rick Pitino, a player on the team. I think there's a chance he could have ruffled some feathers. I think it's a chance uh, the young man coming from high school with a, a number one documentary, sports documentary in the world, might not have got along with everybody. <laughs> with a chip on his shoulder from Coney Island thinking he's better. I wish I, I mean, if you can, if, you know, not suitable for work. But if you go listen to that Cameron and Mace interview with Sebastian Telfair, he thought he was all that. Like, he thought he was better than LeBron James. This is a fact. He, he pretty much says it. He thinks he's one of the best players to ever come out of New York City. I'm not saying he wasn't a great player. Uh, the best player to come out of New York City? I don't know about that one. New York City got a lot of dudes to hoop. But if you listen to that, he thinks that he was that good. He thinks him and LeBron were the same. He thinks. And so mixing that with a Rick Matino basketball team, mixing that with a team that we know, hindsight 2020, we know ultimately reached the Final Four, mixing that <laughs> with the Louisville Cardinals of that day. Uh, you know, it's fun to think about. But in reality, would it have worked? Should have taken Texter. Should have taken Rondo. Yeah, Ron, it wasn't that they weren't going to take Rondo. The, the thing about Rondo, he said this on a podcast with Larry O'Bannon. He said that it wasn't that Rick Pitino didn't want Rondo. Rick Pitino in Louisville wanted Rondo. He was one of the best players in the country. He was up at Oak Hill. He was killing it. He just didn't want to play for Rick Pitino. <laughs> like, like he said that. He said, I talked to Larry. Him and Larry are still friends to this day. He talked to Larry and said, yo, what's it like playing for Rick? And Larry kept it 100 with him. He was like, yo, Rick is a little tougher on guys from the city of Louisville. Rick is tough on everybody. Let's not get it twisted. Donovan Mitchell told us a story about the tread. We all heard the treadmill stories we all know that when Rick Pitino was here he watched practice from above right you couldn't even see him and he used the microphone to talk to the players to yell at them tell them where to be etc etc we know how much they ran but guys from the city of Louisville Larry O'Bannon told Rondo that he goes a little tougher on them and just like Telfair Rondo kind of kind of a hard hit Rondo is legendary. You know, he got into it with coaches at the NBA level, Rick Carlisle, Doc Rivers, etc. So can you imagine Rondo or Rick Pitino? Wouldn't have worked. It just wouldn't have worked. So he made the right decision. Texter, tell fair would not have been eligible to play. Mm, that is interesting. That is interesting because he might not have been. Uh, allegedly, his grades weren't the best. Obviously, he had a documentary he was getting paid for. And then he admitted that he the shoe companies were getting the money, giving them money. And he said this last shoe company was with Adidas. Adidas probably would have made it work. <laughs> There's a lot of bag men during those days. Adidas probably would have made it work. He would have been okay. I think he would have been able to play. I think he would have been able to play. So, let's get into, I, I, I was talking about, speaking, I was talking about Nick Saban retiring, and I, and I forgot, and I was talking about old guys, and we were talking about Rick Pitino. And, and this week was not a great week for old guys. Let me just be honest before we go to break. This week was not a good. Nick Saban retired. 
Bill Belichick essentially is forced out of New England. Shout out to Gerard Mario, got the job at with New England. And Pete Carroll essentially is forced out. So all the 70 plus, the AARP club did not have a good week in sports. The, like the old guys club, they were pushing dude. Rick, Nick Saban looked like he the only one that didn't walk out kicking and screaming. I mean, it looks like the, the Patriots said, hey, Bill, you know what I'm saying? You know, we had a good run. This was amazing. You did a great job. You brought us six Super Bowls. Nobody else probably, you plus Brady was the greatest pairing in the history of sports. Point blank period. You plus Brady is like peanut butter and jelly. It's the best thing. It's, it's awesome. It, it works. But Brady been gone. Brady's gone. And he left and he won another Super Bowl. We let you do it without Brady. We seen what you look like before Brady. And we're seeing what you look like post Brady. And you're 70 plus. It's It's time. It's time. I ain't saying that you got to go home. You just got to get the heck up out of here. I mean, you just got to get up out of here because we're going young. And here's the thing. This is how you know more than anything that they just want to Belichick about the building because it's not like they went and got the young hot shot. Like everybody's trying to get their version of Sean McVay, right? Everybody's trying to get the young, spiky hair, good looking wife, uh, 30 year old hot shot coach, right? That's offensive minded. That's offensive-minded because Gerard Mayo actually fixed a lot of those boxes except for the fact that he's only known the Patriot way. He is young. He's 30-something years old. Got a good-looking wife. But he's only known the Patriot way. He's literally been groomed up under Bill Belichick. So that means, to me, they just wanted Belichick gone. And I think the same could be said about Pete Carroll. Now, if, if they go and hire a defensive coach... Instead of an offensive coach, that lets me know the Seahawks just want to be Carroll out of there. And the leading candidate from all things that I've heard is Dan Quinn and possibly Mike Vrabel. Those are defensive coaches. So it's not that the fact that they just think that they need a young, hotshot offensive head coach. They just done with Belichick. They just done with Pete Carroll. So once again, it's not the great, it's not the best time for the AARP club. <laughs> it's, it's not. It wasn't a good week for the older coaches. We got to take a break. After the break, though, Chad Ochocinco was here in the city of Louisville. What was he doing here? Also, Louisville does play a basketball game today, men's basketball game against NC State. We're going to preview that, and we're going to finish out the show. I got a chance to talk to Isaiah Cummings of Louisville Mail. He played it. Uh, UK for four years. Now he's coming to Louisville. He's going to be a tight end in the tight end room for Louisville coach Jeff Brom this season. So what he's got to say, how excited he is to play back in his hometown. We got all of that and more. You're listening to the Victory Formation Sports Show right here on 93.9 The Bill. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store.
You're listening to the Victory Formation Sports Show right here on 93.9 The Ville. Give the show a call at 502-8150-939. Now, here's your host, Jeff Lightsey Jr. Yes, 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 we are back. We are back here at the Victory Formation Sports Show. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys for tuning in as we come to you each and every single Saturday. The last few weeks have been a little different. Louisville's had noon basketball games. So we've been on from 9 a.m. to 10.30. we got a heart out at 10.30 today. We've got Isaiah Cummings. we got that interview that's going to play the last 12-ish minutes of the show. So we got some quick hitters before we get to it. Don't forget, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter and all things social media at JLIT7. That is at JLIT7. So we got a couple of things before we get to our you know, preview of Louisville versus NC State. And right now, uh, Chad Ochocinco was here. Chad Johnson was here. He was over at the Norton's Sports Com Center, uh, Sports Center over on 30th and Muhammad Ali. James, we got to do a better job about knowing what's happening over there at the Norton Center at 30th and Muhammad Ali. I know some of you guys aren't uh, don't love going over that that way, but we've got to know what's taking place over at that track and field area. It's always a lot of big things. Tyreek Hill was here one year. Uh, Chad Johnson's daughter daughter runs at UK and they had an event over there. That's something we should have been on top of. Also, Mookie Betts, all-star, future Hall of Famer, World Series champion. Mookie Betts is hosting a bowling event this weekend here in the city of Louisville. That has been awesome. Shout out to Wave 3 Sports, Dusty Baker and Kendrick Haskins. Been all over that story. Uh, Mookie Betts bowling event. You can check it out on Wave 3 Sports to see exactly. I'm not sure what bowling alley it's happening at, but Mookie Betts, Los Angeles Dodgers, World Series champion, multiple-time champion, multiple-time All-Star, future Hall of Famer. He's doing that. He also has bowled multiple 300 games in bowling. So he's doing that in the city of Louisville. I think I'm going to go check that out. And last quick hitter, Chris Dishman, former Purdue bowler maker, but DeSales High School grad, has been named the head coach at Texas Southern, the HBCU down in Houston. He was a D.C. in the XFL last year for the Vegas Vipers and a defensive coordinator in the USFL in 2022. 19 years of assistant coaching experience. And, of course, he graduated from DeSales in the 80s, played for the Houston Oilers in the 90s, 13 years in the NFL. And I hope to have Chris Dishman on the show soon. So shout out to Chris Dishman, DeSales graduate, Louisville's very own, being named the head coach at Texas Southern. So, like I said, we got to preview our game. We have our game against NC State today. The Louisville Cardinals are looking to win two in a row. Looking to put together a little, I don't know, can you call it a win streak if it's just two in a row? Or you just say back-to-back? I don't know if you can call it a win streak, but win back-to-back games this season, get to their seventh win of the year against an NC State team that has 11 wins on the year, but at the same time is a very beatable team. If you can go down to Coral Gables and take care of business against Miami, who had won 25 of 26 games, then you better be able to take care of business against NC State, shorthanded or not. And even if you aren't able to win, I need to continue to see that same joy, love, passion, and fight during the game. I need to be able to see gradual improvement. I feel like I'm seeing improvement from Brandon Huntley Hatfield. I feel like I'm seeing improvement from uh, from Mike James. I feel like the team overall, the chemistry, the morale, everything is better, even with JJ being out for the year, even with Manny probably being out for a couple of more weeks, even with Trey White missing several games, even with Dennis Evans uh, being essentially having to medically retire. This team looks the best it's looked all year, and it's the most shorthanded it's been all year. 
can they keep it going? Because I, I think, see, the thing about Louisville basketball during the Kenny Payne era, a lot of the things that have derailed them on the court has been stuff that's happened off the court. So this year it was the whole, first it was tight gate with Tyler Johnson and him not wanting to go in the game because he didn't have the right tights and all that. That was weird. It's a lot of weird. That was weird. And then you had the whole Karan Davis thing. I think that derailed them for a while. I think getting that break after Kentucky, they played better basketball. In 2024, they've somehow, someway turned over a new leaf and have become, at least temporarily anyway, or for the time being, let me not say temporarily because I don't want it to end, but for the time being, they have been a different team. And so I need to continue to see that version of Louisville. I need to see the, the version of Louisville that makes open shots. I need to see the version of Louisville that makes the, the extra pass. I need to see the version of Louisville that is able to get to the basket and score points when they need to. They also need to turn it up on defense a little bit. I mean, because Miami had a ton of open shots they just didn't make. I ain't going to act like I I'm just, can't just ignore that. Can't just ignore the fact that Miami had open shots and didn't make them. Can't ignore the fact that Miami was very much in that game. I can't ignore the fact they did. They won, but they gave up 71 points. Can't ignore those facts. At the same time, I also can't ignore the fact that they've scored a ton of points the last two games. I also can't ignore the fact that Brandon Huntley Hatfield is playing the best basketball of his career right now. I also can't ignore the fact that Mike James is playing the best basketball of his career right now. Will they be able to sustain it? Can Coach Kenny Payne continue to pull that out of them each and every single game? Can they continue to put their best foot forward? Even if it's in a losing effort. I don't want to lose. Let's not get it twisted. Let's not get it twisted. Because at the end of the day, we don't believe in moral victories. And, and the name of the game is to win. <laughs> the name of the game is to win. Well, Blank always say his moral compass is set at winning. So we want to win. At the same time, seeing fight, seeing effort, that's, that's what the fans, that's the bare minimum of what fans are asking for. Will you show up today and play for that team on the front of your jersey? Will you show up today and play for those guys in the, on the bench that are your teammates? Will you show up today and play for those fans that go into the Yum Center on a noon on a Saturday for a team that's 6-9 on the year, for a team that's won two, 10 games in, 10, in two years? Will you show up today and show up for those fans? Whether it's 5,000, 6,000, whatever. I don't know how many people are going to be there. I don't know if the Miami game uh, uh, put more life into the fan base. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'd be lying to you if I said I did. At the same time, I, I would hope that some people would show up and show some love to this team. But I, I ain't going to be mad at you if you don't. It's noon on a Saturday for a team that's won 10 games in two years. I ain't mad at you if you don't show up. I ain't going to tell you how to fan. I never will. At the same time, will those guys on the court show up for the fans that do tune into the games. Because even if you're not showing up, you're still watching. I and mean, people say, oh, I'm not going to watch until he's gone. You're still watching. We know you're still watching because I'm still watching. You're still watching. We're all still watching because you care. You just don't care anymore. You still care. If you've been a fan for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you care. You don't just turn it off. You don't just turn it off. Texter, the big guy is going to be tough to beat, but I'm here for it. Go cards. Yeah. NC State's not a bad team. They're not great. They're not world beaters. They're not bad, though. They have players. They're, they want they want to make things happen. So 
That is, this is a team that has, what, 11 wins on the year? This is a team coached by Kevin Keats. This is a team that, that is going to show up to work. This is, a, this is a coach that comes from that Patino pedigree, a coach that knows how to make things shake, a coach that can recruit. He's brought in big-time recruits before there at NC State. This is a fringe bubble team, right? This is a team looking to make the tournament, and a loss to Louisville, whether right or wrong or indifferent, but a loss to a 200-ranked Louisville is a, is a missed-the-tournament loss. And so, therefore, this team is not coming in here wiping the crud out of their eyes. They saw what Louisville did against Miami. They saw what Louisville did against Texas, if you want to go all the way back there. But they dang sure saw what Louisville did against Miami this week. And Kevin Keats, I know, had that tape on a loop. A loop-de-loop-de-loop. One thing I don't think, one thing that we're going to see, I think, in this game, they're not going to let Mike James beat them. They're not going to let Mike James or Brandon Huntley Hatfield beat them. Other guys are going to have to make shots. Sky Clark isn't shooting the ball well right now. This would be a good game to get hot because he's going to get some open shots. Because I know when Mike James, the way he's been has played the last few years, they're not going to let him beat him. They're, they're just not. They're probably going to double team him every time he touches the ball. Every time Brandon touches the ball in the paint, they're not going to let Huntley Hatfield beat them. He had 22-9 last game. He's been a double-double machine recently. They're not going to let him beat them. And they're going to, you're going to have to play defense. You're going, you're not going to continue to beat teams. You can't expect Mike to continue to shoot 80% from three like he has the last two games. You can't continue to expect to shoot over 50% as a team, 55%, 50% from three. You just haven't done it all year. So you can't continue to expect that to happen throughout the rest of the season. And so what I'm saying is you're going to have to defend some people. You're going to have to knuckle up and guard. Put your big boy pants on and play some defense. Get, get in that stance. Talk. You're going to have to talk. Communicate. Defense is really about moving your feet and communicating. Hey, 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 here's the screen. Hey, hey, step out on the shooter. Who do you got? Are you switching? Are you sticking? You got to talk. This team has to do a better job at talking. Because Miami, albeit you won, and I'm happy about the win, they left a lot of food on the table. They missed a lot of shots they normally make, specifically in that second half. They have like, you know, three, four, five guys that shoot over 40% from three, and they missed those threes, and that's okay. You're, you're shooting very hot, but you're still giving up a large percentage, a high percentage field goal percentage to the opposing team, and so you have to be prepared for that. Now, we're about to cut away. I did an interview with Isaiah Cummins earlier this week. So you're about to hear, listen to Isaiah Cummins. Before we get to that, though, we got to give a little shout-out to our guy, James Black. You know, he's moving and shaking. He's moving on up like the Jeffersons here at ESPN Louisville. He is now our program director and executive producer for our show. So shout-out to James Black. We got to give him some love on air. I don't know if anybody else did, but shout-out to James getting that promotion. He's worked hard on this show and other shows across ESPN Louisville. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, both on 680 and 93.9. So James Black is the the guy. So here's Isaiah Cummins, the newest tight, one of the tight ends here in the room for Coach Jeff Brom. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. What is going on, everybody? What is going on, everybody? My name is Jeff Lightsey Jr. This is the Victor Formation Sports Show. We have a special guest with us today. Is one of the recent hometown heroes coming back to Louisville to play for Coach Jeff Brom and the Louisville Cardinals. We've got Isaiah Cummins in the building with us today. Isaiah, how's it going, sir? It's going good. How about you, man? Hey, I am doing awesome, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day to talk to me about 
your home going situation which you planned for Louisville in 2024. But before we get into that, Isaiah, I just want to ask you, man, how, how are things for Isaiah? How are things for you? You know, following the 23 season, you know, looking forward to what all you have in the future. But how are things for you, sir? Well, it's going well. I mean, I'm ready to get back to work. You know, took a little break from like after postseason, so I was really getting right back to it. Learn new plays. Um, getting to know different players now is a whole different new system now for me. So I'm going to create a lot of different brothers and all that. And I'm just really excited to, you know, get this season started. Yeah, man. It, it is get the season started to see you playing for Louisville. All of that is going to be amazing. Before we talk about, you know, what you'll be able to do over the University of Louisville, I saw recently, man, that that you graduated. How was that? What was that like for your family to see you walk across that stage uh, now as a college graduate? Uh, I felt like I really did fulfill like my college career at the end. At the end of the day, you know, the education is most important, of course. You know, you got to be a student first before you are athlete. So just getting that part done. And now I can like strictly just have my like head focus on football and just like train, get ready, get my body right. And just ready for this next season really like makes me like feel like I've done really something really well. Absolutely, man. And that is amazing. Like you said, that is no small feat to get that degree uh, while playing college football. Now, like I said, you have played college football before college football. You, you're playing days. You, you were a star at Mill High School. Talk, take me back to the Mill High School days, uh, whether it was from your freshman year all the way up to your senior year. What was it like playing for Mill and all the success that you guys were able to have uh, during your time there? Um, we really can't put it into words because that was like one of the best great four years you can probably imagine for uh, high school, just like state runs, um, having probably one of the top high schools in like the state and possibly like some of the top ones in the country. So just being a part of that tradition was great. And I really like can't like take it for granted because not a lot of people get that type of opportunity like I did. And being a star for that type of team was just amazing. And I really enjoyed like having that and creating like those friendships down the road too. Absolutely, man. And during your time at Mill, you you were, I mean, you were a problem, bro. Like you, you gave defenses a lot of headaches. Uh, what was the recruiting process like for you? When did you start, you know, getting some buzz on the recruiting trail and who were some of maybe the early schools that reached out to Isaiah? I would say it really started to happen during the summer. Cause that's when I started like showing what I'm capable of doing and like those type of camps and those type of tournaments kind of like had people's like eyes and attention on me. So like that's really helped me like get like views from a lot of big schools that like had interest in me. So like that's why I was able to do all these different visits and like go across the world and like the country was pretty cool. It's just like I was going to Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, all these top uh tier schools and I'm getting like letters sent to me from like Alabama and stuff like that. This is like it's it's really hard to like it's something that you really can't like repeat and like you know replicate it's just like something awesome and it's probably one of the best ones you probably get during your high school career absolutely man and we know at the end of the day uh at the end of your senior year you decided you were going to go to kentucky play for coach stoops and the wildcats but there's been some like I don't know. I've heard a lot of different stories about the mm-hmm. end of your recruitment. So for the people at home, because they're wondering, well, how did Isaiah get out of Louisville? Right. The first time we know what you're going to do now. But the first time, what was that like as far as the recruitment between UK that you ultimately chose and then the previous staff at Louisville? What was that like for you? Uh, I get this question a lot. It's just like when I 
had the two teams to go against, like, it was really like with my relationship with those type of coaches who I ever felt comfortable with. So at the time, when during my recruitment, it was it was Coach Petrino who was recruiting me at that time. But mm. then he was fired. So and it's during my senior year. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's around my senior year where I'm trying to decide where I'm going to like play at. So I already created a great relationship with the UK staff, like Coach Stoops, Coach Morrow, all of them, Coach Graham when he was over there. Um, and it just like continued to grow. And Coach Satterfield came like as soon as I'm about to make my you know, decision. So, like, I really didn't have a feel for him. Didn't really know what their program, like, how they were going to, like, do the program for Louisville. So, I was like, I know how UK is. They're on the rise. They're doing really well. They're in the SEC. They go against some of the best teams in the country year in, year out. So, I'm like, I, I really don't see how I can go to Louisville at this time because it's, it's not somewhere I felt comfortable going at that time. And, like, I didn't know how they were. Absolutely, man, and that makes perfect sense. I mean, like cut drive, no, no yeah. ins or buts about it. Like yeah. that, that makes a lot of sense. I know there was a lot of oh, somebody told him he wasn't gonna play this position yeah. or this and that. So I just wanted to clear the air on all of that, right? Like it just was the comfortability. Mm-hmm. Okay, hey, you know that that makes perfect sense for us, man. That's I just wanted to. It's good to hear that from you. It's like the oh, first yeah. time I actually heard you actually, you know, lay that out like that. So you, you choose to go to UK. You do your four years at Kentucky. Just what was what was it like? I mean, I saw you, you tweet even though you had already decided to come to Louisville. I saw you tweet during the bowl game. Wish them best of luck. What was what was it like your time down in Lexington? Well, I definitely grew uh, friendships that's going to last forever. I know some people that's in the league right now. I still talk to them, and they're doing really great. Like one of them is like one of my roommates. Like, when I did have a roommate was Carrington Valentine. I always mm-hmm. talked to him. I was actually at his game probably like a month ago or something like that. So I always keep, like, trying to touch with all of them because, you know, those friendships, you want to continue to grow and, like, continue to talk to them and see how they're doing. And, like, just people right – like, the former Kentucky people right now that's playing, like, I, you know, I practice with them. I'm, I'm, I grew friendships and brothership with them. So I'm like, that's never going to, like, go away. But obviously, you know – at the end of the year, I'm going to have to play against them. It's going to be different. So it is what it is. I mean, they know that we're going to compete and we still love each other at the end of the day because they know I cared about the team and I cared about everyone like I played because I'm a team first player. Absolutely, man. And that is beautiful to hear you say it like that. Now you you get let's let's take us into the end of this season, the end of the 23 season. Um, you decide to enter the portal. Was it a was it a decision that you kind of already knew that you were going to make, knowing that you had one more year left? What kind of went into your decision uh, to enter the transfer portal at the end of this year? I guess just like it kind of felt like it was a repeat from last year, kind of, because just the way I was finally just used at the end, even though I wasn't used at all for real in the 2022 season. But at the end, they finally started to use me. And it's like I'm showing you what I'm able to do now now, like, Okay, now they see that, and now they want to try to keep me here now. But I'm like, I could have showed y'all that probably from the beginning, and like just giving me my shot and opportunity. That's all I needed. And once I got that, I showed them what I could do. So I was like, man, I don't want to like wait again. Like you never know what's going to be because the same coaching staff still at UK. I like, I don't know what's all promised and what's going on behind the scenes. So I'm like, I go somewhere that's best for me, and like because this is going to be my last year. So I got to make it count and. That's why I was like, what's going to be my best opportunity? I felt like that would be a little. 
That's awesome, man. And, and just kind of segueing into that, when you entered the portal, did you know, like, hey, Louisville is a place that I want to go? Or was it just kind of, you know, I'm going to fill this thing out and Louisville just made the most sense? Like, how did that work for you? Yeah, it was just an idea at the time. Like, I was like, okay, I do have Louisville in my, on, my, on my mind, but I'm not going to, like, immediately go there. I want to see, like, what other options, like, are trying to tell me, like, what are they saying? Because I don't want to just be like, shoot the gun, just go that, just go quick and not, like, really – see who's all offering stuff for me. Absolutely, man. Now, Isaiah, you know you're from Louisville. You played at Mail, but I know people would be mad at me if I didn't ask. You know, you were at UK for four years. You won at UK every year there. People got the videos of you with the L's down for the folks that, you know, feel a certain kind of way about that. What what, what are your thoughts on just like Actually, hey, send me that video of me doing L's down because I do not remember seeing that video at all. Okay. Yeah, because I ain't seen it either. I'm gonna just be honest with you. I haven't seen it. I'm trying to figure out. Like people keep telling me, like we seen you do it. I'm like, I've never done it because you never know what's going to end up happening at the end of the day. You never know you might end up back in Louisville, like I'm like in right now. So that's why I never did it because that's my hometown. You know, it's still like you know rivalry and everything. But I mean, I still have that mutual respect because that's where I'm from. But I never threw it. Never threw it down. Never was a thought for real. Just like I'm, no matter who the team was. If I'm uh, standing in front of me, I'm going to have to beat you no matter who it is. That being my own or not. I feel you, bro. Because I, I, that's the thing. I have yet to see it either. That's like, nice. so I'm like you. Like, I haven't seen it. In the, but I saw, like, when you entered the portal and a lot of people are like, yeah, we want Isaiah at Louisville. And then people's like, oh, I don't know if I want a guy who did else down. And I'm like, okay. Like, but I haven't seen it. Like, I, I saw the other folks do it sometimes, whatever. I saw the guys run up to Jack Harlow and do it. But I was like, oh, I never saw Isaiah do it. I don't know. Maybe y'all have. But yeah. I'm glad you said that, though. Yeah, I'm that's just a rumor I've been seeing going around, too. Like, people have been asking me, like, how you go throw L's down and come in? Like, I've never thrown L's down in my life, ever. So, <laughs> I, I, I love it, man. Hey, I love it. Once again, this is Isaiah Cummins. He is one of the latest uh, Louisville natives that are going to be playing for Louisville in 2024. Isaiah, I'm not going to keep you too much longer. I do want to ask, though, just – you know, from your talks with the coaches, you don't have to give us everything, but how have they said that they plan on using Isaiah in the Louisville offense in 2024? It's it's really exciting. That's why I can give you, like, it's – you got to see it to, like, to believe it for real. Like, I can't really get into words. Just what they said to me, I think y'all really go like the offense. Hey. Hey, that's enough. That's enough right there. Your yeah. smile, the shaking the head, that's good enough for us, buddy. Like, you don't, like I said, don't have to, don't have to peek behind the curtain too much. But mm-hmm. to know that it's something that has you smiling like that, like, mm-hmm. bro, that's that's good enough, man. And just, you know, from what you've seen from the coach, obviously you're a player and you're an incoming player, but what from what you've seen, the coaching staff has active if they've been both recruiting high schoolers and the transfer portal. Uh, has it gotten you excited about what the future of Louisville football can look like in 2024? Oh, yeah, it definitely does because you can see them. They're taking it seriously. And just like with their coaching staff, like this, this is probably off talking, but just like with them having like little people that just like are going to be coaching here, like the Louisville coaches, like they're from Louisville or either they've played for Louisville or they're from there. So it's pretty cool to just see that happen because I know I was talking to like one of the coaches probably like a couple of days ago and like he came from Central High School. So, I mean, like. It's just pretty cool to see, like, how they're bringing in, you know, Native people coaching and, like, how they're, like, recruiting very hard with the in-state people, too. 
Absolutely. Now, Isaiah, I'll get you out on this, buddy. Just, you know, this is your last year of eligibility of college football. Just what are your going into the spring and then ultimately the fall of 2024? What are your expectations for Isaiah Cummins in 2024? My expectations is to show why I'm probably the one of the best tight ends in the country. That's why I want to show them because I'm, I believe in myself and I just, it's just my time to show it because I feel like once I get those opportunities, it's not going to be too hard to show it. Absolutely. That is Isaiah Cummins. My name is Jeff Lightsey Jr. Isaiah, I appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your day, man. Best of luck to you in 2024. Thank you guys for tuning in and we will see you next time.